if prayer is a journey, then we need to realize that a big part of this journey is about journeying within ourselves, learning how to come to a place of greater maturity emotionally so that I can actually encounter God, but also coming to a place of greater self-mastery so that I can fight against myself. You know, if, if we think of the great problem that our, that our society is facing today, we live in a society which is so hyper-stimulated, where whether it's smartphones, TV, entertainment, whatever it is, we're we are constantly being bombarded with noise. And more and more, researchers are saying that people are almost becoming, well, they're losing their ability to do normal relationship. You know, our brains have become so hardwired for stimulation that the idea of sitting down and having a real emotionally encountering or engaging conversation, that becomes difficult. And you see teenagers catching up together and they... They're basically communicating with each other through their phones. We need to learn again how to be human. That's really, I think, one of the key goals of our prayer journey these days. Stuff which previous generations took for granted, we actually have to learn how to do again. So not only are we trying to gain this self-mastery over our hyper-stimulated minds, but we're also trying to learn how to engage emotionally in a world which has been focused so much on physical stimulation. You know, our brains are wired for the next dopamine hit, the next interesting thing. But the reality is that a lot of the time, love is not interesting. You know, you could probably say that love is most important, love is at its most real and potent when it's not interesting. They're the, they're the times that really matter. And so we need to grow emotionally. We need to grow in a deeper maturity so that we can encounter the other. Now, this journey is always difficult. You know, all the way through the history of the church, people have talked about how it is so difficult to pray. It's even more difficult in our, in our modern day. I want to just use an image which... For me, I found a great way of understanding the, the mechanics of prayer, if I could put it this way. There is a famous book in the spiritual tradition called The Cloud of Unknowing. There is a, I think he's a Trappist monk, uh, Father William Manninger, who wrote a modern version of this spiritual classic. And he basically tried to take the the high mystical language of this author and put it down in, in very easy to understand ways for our modern world. I, I can't remember the name of the book, but if you can find it, it's brilliant. In this book, he basically explains something of the way of contemplation, but he does this by describing a house. I'll see if I can try and paint this picture for you, just using words. If you imagine a little house in the country and there are two little old ladies who live in this house. In the front of the house there is a lady called Little Miss Intellect and he describes that the front of this house is all windows all the way around it 
because Little Miss Intellect is the most curious little woman on the planet. She wants to see everyone who walks past her house. And whenever something goes past her house, she invites that person into the house and talks to them, sits them down for a cup of tea and interrogates them. You know, who are you? What do you do? How do you do these things? Now, occasionally, as Little Miss Intellect interrogates someone, she finds someone who is particularly interesting. And so she wants to then introduce that person to her sister. Now, her sister is Little Miss Will. And the will, or the heart, if you want to put it that way, is blind. And so she lives in the other half of the house and there are no windows. There don't need to be windows because the will is blind. Whereas the intellect is almost hyperactive in its desire to learn and to see everything, the will just wants to love. It wants to sit down and have a really engaging encounter with the people that it meets. And so Little Miss Intellect will select someone who is interesting and bring them through to the other room for her sister, Little Miss Will, to sit down and meet. And that's where the real conversation begins. She really wants to know on the heart level who this person is. And normally the conversation begins well. But the problem is that her sister, Little Miss Intellect, because she's so hyperactive, she keeps wanting to burst into the room and get involved in the conversation and talk about the dog that just walked past the room or the, the bird that she saw in the tree or wants to make sure that they're all okay and whether anyone needs another cup of tea. And the will needs to keep pushing the intellect out of the room and say, don't worry, we're okay. Now, he uses this as the image to try and explain the battle between the head and the heart in prayer. Yeah, our intellect is really important because our intellect is the thing that first perceives the divine. You know, we, we, we encounter God through truth. We encounter God through the experiences of others. But we then need to lead that encounter into a, a heart relationship. And so at that point, your prayer becomes a little bit of a battle between your heart, which simply wants to love, and your intellect, which keeps bursting in with distractions. And so when the saints talk about learning self-mastery in prayer, it's about learning how to keep your intellect occupied so that your heart can love. Now, in the previous episode, I mentioned about the orthodox tradition of the Jesus prayer. And this is actually one of the techniques they realize that you need to sometimes keep the intellect busy repeating a scripture or repeating a verse so that your heart can then love without distraction. And what they realized here was that the words aren't the important thing of the prayer. The words are a distraction so that your heart can then do what it really wants to do. In, in, in the Western tradition which is our Catholic tradition, the, the rosary is pretty much the same thing. The, the words of the prayer are not the main part of the prayer. Really, the, the goal is that you want to keep your intellect busy 
so that your heart can then meditate and love. So you're really trying to create a space free from distraction so that you can encounter. Now, William Menninger goes on to talk about the fact that there's actually two other women who live in this house. There is little Miss Memory and little Miss Imagination. And they live in the basement downstairs. And so the memory has archives of videos and photos of everything that has ever happened in your life. And so just as the will is having a deep conversation, little Miss Memory comes bursting up the stairs through the door and starts opening up the photo albums about the last time you went on holiday or showing a video of the last thing you watched on television. And it always comes at the most inappropriate time, just when you're trying to love, this highlights reel comes back and starts playing inside your head. But then on, on the other side, Little Miss Imagination, she also has access to these archives of photos and videos, but she's a little bit more creative. She splices them together to create new things that have never existed before. You know, she will take a dozen different videos of your life and splice them together into a whole new fantasy that you've never even thought of. And suddenly she'll burst in and start playing that on the projector. So really, the essence of growing in prayer is learning a level of self-mastery where you can push these things aside. You recognize that these distractions will always be there, but you need to start to find ways to silence them or keep them still just for a moment. Now, this is why often in the spiritual tradition, they've talked about spiritual exercise. This idea that prayer is something you do for a short amount of time and you try and do it quite intensely. So you focus all your energy on keeping your intellect busy, trying to settle down all your other, your, your memory, your, your imagination, trying to bring yourself to a place where you can really love in deep encounter. And so you want to try and make your prayer time at the best time of the day. Find the time of day when you're not tired. Find the time of the day when you're not distracted. And so you want to put yourself in a space where even if it's only 15 minutes, you can really encounter. And so particularly when you, when you come out of the Jesuit tradition, they would talk about prayer as being about quality. How do you shape your space and your time so that you can silence all the distractions and really just love, even if it is just for a moment. But then on the other side, you've got these other traditions which would say the distractions will always be with you. And maybe it's a matter of just learning techniques to keep the intellect occupied so you can pray constantly. So something like the Jesus prayer. I think this is where in your life you need to find what works best in, in your circumstances. You might be doing a lot of really mundane, ordinary work. You know, if you're doing physical work or stuff that doesn't actually require a lot of intellectual, you know, brain power, something like the Jesus Prayer can be very powerful. When you're folding the washing, when you're digging a hole on a, on a building site, 
you know, where you can just keep the intellect occupied and then just learn to love. But there might be other situations where you are really occupied intellectually all day, you know, in meetings, in office work. And it might simply be a matter of saying, where can I find 15 minutes? It might be in the car on the way home. It might be while sitting on the train. But shape your day around that moment so that that 15 minutes becomes a moment where everything is still and you can just encounter and just love. Mm -hmm.